Greetings, friends. Welcome back. We had a great weekend. It was fantastic. Hope your July the 4th was fabulous. Mine was. Uh, enjoyed a good uh, amount of time with friends, family, a barbecue, the great American pastimes, Americana celebrating this country. I don't know if you've picked up on this. Apparently, a whole host of celebrities out there have been, well, saying things on social media over the weekend like this is a holiday that we really ought not be celebrating. And the reason for it is that America is not as great as it once was. And what are they doing? They're citing the Roe v. Wade opinion uh, and other Supreme Court cases, the country in turmoil and whatnot as reasons not to celebrate the 4th of July holiday. Friends, this is completely an, an anathema to me. I, I don't even, the words to describe it, it is so wrong-headed of folks. And the simple truth for it is, we can all disagree, and we do oftentimes, on what this country ought to look like, where it's headed, how it's doing, its present state, the fixes that need happening. But we can do all of that and still remain devout, devout patriots celebrating this country and enjoying a day of reflection and how we're grateful to be here and to be part of this great experiment. So I, I look at all these social media posts and I think to myself, ah, these folks, Kim Kardashian, for example, she was one that, that tweeted something. That's not the time to celebrate with women's rights being under attack. I'm thinking, you know what you need? You need a day in the life of a Chinese Uyghur. I can you imagine for a minute Kim Kardashian as an oppressed minority in China? Forced re-education camps, slave labor. If you're Falun Gong, you know, there's a somewhat uh, documented history of members being rounded up and harvested for their organs. Yes. I think it's relative. I think that freedom and greatness and all that is relative. You can criticize this country, as I often do, for where it's at. But I, I criticize the politics of the country. Sometimes the people themselves. But the nation of America is indeed great. And I'm grateful that, what is it now, 40, I got to say this right, 45 years ago, my parents moved here, took a gamble, did it legally, by the way, which those of you, many of you uh, in this audience know what that's like, have been through it yourselves. It's, my gosh, nothing but respect to all of you. My parents got, got here and, and worked their way up from next to nothing. And I, I think that is what I in part celebrate and it, it really on, on the 4th of July. For me, it's a reflection on how lucky I am that I wasn't born in communist Czechoslovakia, which is where, where I would have been born if my parents had stayed in their home country. All right, with that said, and acknowledging that America's great bad things happen in great countries. And over the weekend on the 4th of July, in a suburb of Chicago, we had a terrible shooting, yet another 
a mass casualty incident. I think six people are now dead, 30 or so injured. This absolute disgusting human excrement of a person who we will not name here on the program was captured several hours afterwards. And the big debate, of course, now is back to guns and to social media. Missing the greatest and most important points that now are beginning to document themselves, unbeknownst to the media at large. And what I mean by that is, if you're only looking at social media posts and you're only looking at the fact that there was a, a, a gun used to perpetrate a mass murder, you're missing other possible factors. And the problem with the other possible factors is that it requires a bit of introspection. And I've mentioned this a number of times here on the program. I, I look at this and I see, I, I see this guy. Again, I'm not going to name him. He's 21 years old. He's an aspiring rapper. He's a so This is the thing. It's a lo-fi rapper. It's somebody who's kind of doing it themselves. He he just he's got a yeah. He's, he doesn't have a he doesn't have an agent. He doesn't have a, a producer. He's he's rapping. He's got his face tatted up. And one of the other things that a number of his friends now coming forward are saying is that the guy has just been on a slow, steady psychological spiral that is a consequence of him taking uh, an inordinate amount of mind-altering chemicals over-the-counter, well, prescription, I, I should say, legally available drugs for depression and ADHD, in addition to him being a prolific marijuana user. Now, let's take the, 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 oh, the, the prescription medication away from this for a moment. And, and, the, and, you know, we saw this in the Uvalde shooting. The guy that perpetrated that had been on SSRIs, uh, which are, you know, Lexapro, Prozac, Zoloft, those kinds of pills for a number of years. And at the time of the shooting, one of the things that I, uh, I said, and I stand by it till this to this day, and it may very well apply to this guy, we're going to learn more in the coming days, is that it used to be when a kid was a little bit rambunctious or a little bit down or a little bit fill in the blank, whatever it was that was perceived to be abnormal or let's say even undesirable, Advice was given to the effect, well, first of all, the advice was given to go out and play, be physical, run around, get exercise, build natural serotonin levels. But the other, th other thing that happened is, is parents discipline their kids, right? You had two parents in the home. You had one parent working. You had, you had usually a mom, if not a mom, then a grandmother, grandfather around to help guide and steer the young person toward the light, toward what was good, teach the child right from wrong, discipline. There's a word, discipline the child in moments of lapse. And this all became, well, one, you had the self-esteem of me. Basically, everybody and all these experts coming along and telling parents and telling teachers, you couldn't get down on little Johnny because Johnny had self-esteem that needed to be constantly maintained and supported and nurtured. So you couldn't yell at little Johnny. You couldn't give him a slap across the face when he was being a jackass. You couldn't do that. 
Hell no, because then you'd get arrested. So what happened? Little Johnny went around being a jackass. Moving from small stuff to bigger stuff to really big stuff, and in some cases, awful, heinous, horrible crimes. To me, when I see the shooting, what do, you, what do I see primarily? Because I'm curious. I think you and I, we agree on this. We, we see eye to eye. I, I think the, yes, it's a, it's a shooting. I got it. But what I see is I see a morally defective act. In fact, I see an act completely devoid of, of any kind of morality, of any kind of compassion, civility, decency, goodness. And so, yeah, I look at this person and I start to read about this, hearing from some of his friends and people that knew him growing up, seeing his spiral toward this really dark and bizarre behavior that's well-documented on social media, which is why we're talking about social media as another cause. And everybody's saying, well, yes, look, it was all on social media. Nobody did anything about it. And that may be very well true, but I'm looking at a long list of, or mo I, I, I guess a, a collection of posts and videos and things. And I see a, you know, a, a person who, who didn't, who never got parented. And, and this will, I, my prediction is this will all come out in all of this. So what's the fix? It's very easy to say that the fix is guns, right? Take away the guns, take the guns away. Everything will be fine. Or what is it? Okay, so background checks, more background checks. Subject to what and what terms? What are they looking for? How much of this was, was documented? I understand that this guy, this shooter in Highland Park, was quote-unquote known to law enforcement. I don't know what that exactly entails. To what extent was there criminal activity? Was he able to purchase his gun legally? What kind of background check did he buy? But, but as I mentioned today, I was talking to Alan, St Alan Stock this morning, as I usually do on Tuesday mornings around 8.30. Now, we, we were talking about this, and, and, and Alan made a great point. He said, listen, we've got more, uh, we have more gun laws in, 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 in Chicago, and specifically in, in Illinois, than, than just about, it's an eighth strictest state, I think is what he said. So that is, all of this is really interesting. All right, you're listening to the What's Right Show. Sam Rajofsky here, your host. I know I just tore right into that and I went through it really quickly, but these are my thoughts. It's, it's really sad to me when I see this and, I'm, I, and we're seeing it, look, we're, we now it's another mark, right? It's another, another event where people have died, people have been grievously injured, a community has been shattered and yet again, we are unwilling to talk about the real meat of the matter. It's easy to say, take guns away, because a lot of people don't own guns. It doesn't matter to them. It's not a big thing. But the minute you say to people, hey, be a present parent, be a good parent, discipline your kid, follow through on things, maybe see if you can stick through a difficult or challenging marriage in order to keep your home together. The minute you start saying stuff like that, nobody wants to hear it. That doesn't buy anyone's uh, votes, I guess, you know, because come election time, people want solutions that involve them staying exactly the same as they've always been and getting a feeling, at least, a feeling that we've done something about whatever the issue du jour is. 
And there is no doubt to me that these mass shootings are a serious threat and that they are a serious situation that's spreading across our country, no doubt. But I'm just not convinced at all that people are looking at the right solutions. All right, got to take a quick time out. Again, you're listening to the What's Right Show. Sam Rajofsky, your host here on News Talk 840 KXNT. Accountability after an accident means more than just a settlement check. It means getting you back to 100 percent. We hold the insurance company accountable for what they owe you. Call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit SamAndAshLaw.com. Welcome back. You're listening to the What's Right Show. Sam Rajofsky here, your lifeline of sanity in these crazy times. A dedicated care and free zone. That's right. No complaining here. Well, we, we point out problems. We don't complain to the manager. We are the manager. That ought to be our slogan. <laughs> By the way, do you, do you enjoy this music? Uh, you want some inside baseball here about this program since since you are a loyal listener. Let me tell you a little bit about this. So our bumper music was composed by, uh, by a friend of mine. His name's Alan Howarth. And he is famous for a number of soundtracks in Hollywood films, including uh, Star Trek and the Halloween series. If you know the Halloween movies, uh, he uh, did a number of those uh, he did the soundtracks for that, and he did uh, a lot of work with John Carpenter. Very interesting guy. So he created uh, the bumper music for the What's Right show. And I saw him yesterday because we went to the same barbecue uh, down in Newport Beach, California, where we have our second office or other office here for the Sam and Ash Law Firm. And uh, and so I was I was hanging around last week and, and during the weekend, and it was... It was lovely to see him and catch him. He goes, how do you like the music? I said, well, I like it. I like it. I, I just, I still think it needs to be tweaked. And he goes, well, well, let me know because um, I'm here for you. I'm standing by. So Alan may have to tweak some of this music. And that is the history of our, of our bumper music here that, you know, you're familiar with when you listen to the program. Okay. Now, I want to mention, I'm just going to return back to the shooting, tragic shooting that happened yesterday. Again, we're not going to mention the name of the shooter. One of his friends posted on Twitter, I, I knew the rapper, and he gives the name. We used to make music together. He's not Antifa. He's not some MAGA overlord. Now, the reason he's saying that is because there's a lot made of the fact that this guy apparently went to a couple of Trump rallies. And has a photo of himself with a Trump Make America Great Again uh, flag wrapped around himself. <laughs> so, which, by the way, the guy also is on record saying that he thinks Trump supporters ought to be, ought to be you know, ferreted out and, and eliminated. So the guy, the guy is a, just a piece of work. Anyway, he goes, he's not some MAGA overlord. I know that stuff. That's a different word than stuff. But that stuff sounds really interesting. But it's also not the truth. He was an isolated stoner who completely lost touch with reality. And by the way, that's a huge part of the story that I intend to get into more with time uh, as, we, as, we, as we unpackage this throughout the week. Because it's the part of the story that people are not talking about. The media does not want to talk about this. They do not want to acknowledge 
that something that so many people fought for so long to legalize, marijuana, might actually be part of the problem. And the fact is, the THC levels in marijuana today are nowhere near. I mean, they're astronomically higher than the concentrations in the drugs in the marijuana available back in the 60s and 70s. And so this is part of it. We've got to talk about the, the effects that this has. Because DHC in high, a THC in high doses is just a slow-acting brain poison, okay? And, and in fact, if the doses are, are higher, it's not even that particularly slow. And we've known this for a long time. And, and the problem is that we've, we've, you know, and I've been a legalization guy, I'll be honest with you. You know, I, 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 don't, I know the drug war is flawed, but there is a problem, would you not agree, if you can link maybe, I don't know, three out of three of the last big shootings like this to marijuana use, you know, regular, consistent marijuana use. It's at least worthy of a conversation, but it's a lot easier to talk about guns. It's a lot easier to talk about, I don't know, about social media. Speaking of which, yeah, they looked at the social media and they go, well, this guy had terrible social media out there. He was basically drawing pictures or creating animated videos of stick figures shooting and killing people disturbing stuff and i agree so now i'm going to ask you what is the solution because if the solution is well listen somebody wrote something online so we should put him in jail or we should deny him a weapon that is by the way their constitutional right this is tricky because in practice actually sounds like a great idea right i mean i'm with you i i think putting these people in a place where they can't harm others is is absolutely appropriate. Um, but due process, right? That's, that's the question. What kind of due process is there? And it reminded me that just over the weekend, in the middle of the night, New York state legislatures passed a law. I think it's going to the Senate here in a very... Uh, very short order, or the Senate just passed it. It's waiting for the signature of the governor. This was all very fast moving. It happened over the weekend, literally midnight uh, on Saturday. Yeah, so this is a law that says that if you want a gun permit, because remember the Supreme Court struck down New York's all but total ban on concealed carry permits. And so what do they want? They want your name, your address, your social security number, and wait for it, your social media handle. Because they want to look at three years worth of history of what you've said online before they give you a permit. Now, this guy here, by the way, he, he didn't need a concealed carry permit because he's out on a suicide mission. What's a concealed carry permit? It is essentially a, a way for someone to protect themselves by carrying a weapon in public and who intends on carrying a weapon more than once and, 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 and intends to stay out of jail, right? Very important part, right? You get licensed in order to do all of this lawfully. So I think when we come back, what I want to do is I want to look at this and, I'm, and, and it's a balancing act. There's no, it's not an easy fix because on one hand, and I look at this as, a, as an attorney, as a, on one hand, you do want to create a system 
where mentally unwell people cannot have weapons or access to weapons. But on the flip side, uh, by the way, this New York Senate law, I think is dead on arrival at the Supreme Court. I'll explain that too when we come back. When you look at the totality of all this, uh, I, it, it's, there's not necessarily an easy solution. So I'll see what you think about this when we come back. We're going to take a brief break. And then I also, I also need to get into a op-ed piece in the New York Times about trans issues and women's rights. This is fascinating stuff. You do not want to miss it. You're listening to What's Right Show. Sam Rajovsky back after this. Sam and Ash here with a What's Right PSA. If you've been hurt and a lawyer reaches out to you first, run the other way. It's unethical and honest lawyers don't do it. Don't let your lawyer choose you. If a tow truck driver, mechanic, or anyone at the ER tells you which injury lawyer to hire, chances are that person has a shady deal with the lawyer. Don't risk your future with a crooked lawyer. Choose the law firm you know you can trust. Call us 702-820-1234 or visit SamAndAshLaw.com. Your favorite cisgender radio host, Sam Rajovsky here, News Talk 840 KXNT. <laughs> ah, I'm also your favorite provocateur, uh, in case you didn't know that already. You can find me on Instagram, What's Right Show, on Twitter. I don't enjoy Twitter very much, but I'm on there as What's Right, uh, What's right Sam, excuse me, on Instagram, What's Right Sam on Twitter. The show itself has uh, the handle What's Right Show. Uh, so there it is. A lot of What's Rights. You can find us. Now, there is news out of New York that they have come up with a clever way. They think they're so clever, these politicians. They've come up with a clever way to make it just as hard as it was before to get a permit. You remember it's the New York law that was specifically struck down by the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court declared, what is it now, a week and a half ago, that there has to be an objective standard for giving lawful citizens the means to defend themselves in ordinary situations outside the home, carry a weapon outside the home, home, and that the the means to getting the permit had to be, there had to be an objective standard, right? You couldn't just, you can't just make up reasons for why people cannot be permitted. Now, uh, their clever solution to this is, all right, give us all your background information and then give us your social media history. We want to see your social media history. And I saw this. I immediately giggled, right? I laughed so hard. I just, I died because I thought these, these New York legislatures, legislators, excuse me, are absolutely uh, into self-punishment. They want nothing more than to be struck down again and again by the Supreme Court. The reason the Supreme Court is going to strike this down is literally the definition of the First Amendment is you're allowed to say more or less anything and the government cannot punish you for what you say. One way a government can punish you is to deny you your constitutional right. Now, since the Supreme Court literally just ruled, this is in the Bauer case, ruled that, guess what? Carrying a gun outside of the home subject to some licensing system, that it 
that that is your constitutional right. I don't see how they can, based on your social media history, deny you that right when your social media history presumably will have you saying things that are constitutionally protected. Now, I suppose the end run around it would be that the Supreme Court allowed for matters of mental health. So if there are things in your social media history that are determined to be a problem or indicative of you not being of sound mental health, then you might be denied that right. But there has to be a system that is objective and not subjective for denying that. Now, imagine this for a moment. Humor me. Because I always, I always want to look at examples of things and how they might be down the road misused. I'm a lawyer. This is what I do. I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not one to necessarily trust human nature. I know human nature, and that's why I don't trust it. I'll put it that way. So I look at this and I say, well, imagine for a moment that you are an administrator and you're administering uh, uh, concealed carry permits in the state of New York. They passed this law, right? The Senate in the middle of the night passed it. They say, well, we want to look at your social media history. So you see this application and the guy in it that's applying for the permit says 2020 election was stolen. Stolen election. You know, I know these people in New York. I'm telling you what these, what these bureaucrats in the state are going to do. They're going to deny the permit. And they're going to say it's mental health. Because how could anyone in their right mind believe that the election was stolen? It's impossible. You'd have to be mental. And that's how they're going to do it. Because someone is making not an objective but a subjective determination that what they wrote in their social media history is indicative of a deep-rooted mental problem. And it is exactly at that point that that particular case will go up to the Court of Appeals and to the Supreme Court and get struck down again. Because this is how it's going to happen. I, it is almost as if I am looking into a crystal ball and telling you exactly how this plays out. And it's relevant because to so many people, even conservatives, they look at what happened in that shooting in, in Highland Park and they go, look at all that social media. They should have done something about the social media. Look at the guy was basically saying what he was going to do. And I say, okay, where were the police? Did they come out and see him? Was he arrested for anything? How did he get the gun? What background checks, if any, did he pass? Would any of these new rules actually prevent him from having, having obtained a gun? And then, of course, apples to, apples to oranges, right? We're talking about concealed carry permits here in New York versus uh, just an ordinary purchase of a firearm that was intended to be kept at home. But, of course, it was not kept at home. By the way, uh, an associated fact here with this uh, new law in New York, they're forbidding guns in where? In Times Square and other sensitive areas, including subways. And we all know, of course, because we have brains, that gun-free zones only invite gun violence because gun-free zones are what? Are places where the bad guy knows the good guy doesn't have a gun. That's what a gun-free zone is. That is why school shootings are a thing. It's one of the things that nobody wants to mention, nobody wants to get into, is that they put up a little sign 
in front of going into the school campus is gun-free zone. And all these school shooters, right, they've all rethought it, right? They've all looked at that little sign and go, oh, wait, excuse me, it's a gun-free zone. I'm going to go turn around and go someplace else. Ludicrous. All of this is ludicrous. Okay, I'm going to take, Ashley, we're going to take an early break here because I want to get to, I want to get to this, this op-ed that is literally melting the internet. The internet is smoking. It is, it's like literally, it's on fire uh, because a lady in the New York Times, well, she dared to go there. The title of the piece, wait, I have it here. Don't worry, I'm going to get to it. I've got it here. Of course, you'd think I'd be organized by now, but it's not the case. This piece in the New York Times, you do not want to miss it. This goes to the heart of what this has all been going, of all of this trans issue. Okay, here's the title of the piece. The far right and far left agree on one thing. Women don't count. When we come back, I gotta, I gotta give you the, the, the money excerpts from this and my thoughts because while this piece starts out so egregiously wrong, when it comes to statements regarding conservatives, it gets so much right on how the left right now is treating womanhood. It is spot on. And, and when I say the internet smoking, people are, are just in arms over it and are, are absolutely agitated by this, particularly on the left. All right, don't go anywhere. You're listening to What's Right Show. Sam Rajovsky back after this. Sam Rajovsky here, Newstalk 840 KXNT. You're listening to the What's Right Show. Now, I've been saying for a while now that as the extreme left of the country gets more and more crazy, that there is a, a, I have a sense of a pendulum shift back. By the way, it was really funny. If you saw over the weekend that Ilhan Omar, if this is a sign of anything, uh, shows up to a a 4th of July fair, uh, Minnesota concert, and they start booing her out loud. Here's a here's a snippet of she gets up on stage. The crowd goes absolutely berserk. <laughs> they weren't they weren't having any of this. Yeah, this was at the. <laughs> it goes on and on like that. It, it not good. Not good. And then, of course, she got elected in her district, uh, supposedly, with a, um, a, a fairly resounding victory. Uh, not, not well received. So part of this shift, one of the things behind it is certainly the economy, right? You have the economy and, and, and people now being able to see that the last year and a half with Uncle Joe has not been a walk in the park. But the other part of it is, I think it's really a matter of pushing certain things way too far. And one of the things that has just gone over the edge and may have jumped the shark is this battle, so-called battle for trans rights. But really, effectively, a lot of people are beginning to say, hey, wait a minute, this isn't really about trans rights. We're losing female identity. We are losing what it means to be a woman because there's something inherent inherent to the identity of womanhood. 
And it has nothing to do, it's completely separate from the gender stereotype that is femininity. Now, what, is, what am I talking about? How, what, what the hell did I just say? I'll put it another way. For 50 years, femi- longer even, feminists have been telling us there is no specific thing that is, you know, feminine, right? Women, biological women, come in a variety of shapes, sizes, right? Styles, presentations, affects, whatever you have. We are taught, we were taught, that really playing with pink dolls, right? For example, some girls do it and some don't. Some girls want to be astronauts. Some girls want to be truck drivers. I grew up with a sister, and I be careful about this because these are all public people, and I to be careful. But, but Gabby would admit openly that she wanted to be a boy growing up, and she it didn't mean she actually wanted to become a boy, although that is certainly what teachers today and doctors today may have, and worse parents uh, would have would have encouraged. But you know, she just was a tomboy. She didn't like. I wore more pink. In fact, today I'm wearing a pink shirt. As a matter of fact, I wore more pink than my sister did growing up. But we're taught that there is no, we were taught growing up and certainly was the, was the, uh, was the mantra of, of many feminists that, that you know, some girls play with pink, pink dolls and some girls wanna be truck drivers and play with dump trucks and that's okay. All of a sudden now, what's the conversation about? There's a boy, he's playing with dolls, he wants to wear a dress Ergo, he's trans and he should be transitioning and live his true gender self. And it's actually, when you fundamentally think about it, it's messed up. It's, it's regressive. It goes backwards, not forwards. It goes back to a time when we accepted gender stereotypes. So finally, a lot of conservatives, of course, have been saying this, or variations of this, and have been, been getting canceled over it. And finally, someone on the left drops on the third over the holiday weekend, drops this op-ed that says the far right and far left agree on one thing. Women don't count. So, of course, that headline got my interest because I thought, what drivel is this? And it goes through the usual trite stuff. Mean conservatives hate women. You know, those those Roe v. Wade rights were stripped away by two, what does they say here? <clears throat> well, the person, by the way, who wrote this piece, Pamela Paul. So Pam Paul, Pam Paul writes, you know, that, that you know, the, the, the right, the right is mean, you know, they've they stripped women's rights by two Supreme Court justices who have been credibly accused of abusive behavior toward women. Oh, <laughs> Just, oh pardon me cough up a hairball, but it gets better. She goes, far more, and this is a quote from the piece, far more bewildering has been the fringe left. I put a little asterisk by that because I'll also say a, a lot of the left right now, it's not even the fringe left anymore. Jumping in with its own perhaps unintentionally, but effectively misogynist agenda. So my eyebrows went up, right? They just, both of them, not one of them, but both at the same time synchronized to a T. My eyebrows, okay. 
let's read this. It goes through the Equal Rights Amendment, how it failed and everything. It says, today, a number of academics, uber-progressive, transgender activists, civil liberties organizations, and medical organizations are working toward an opposite end to deny women their humanity, reducing them to a mix of body parts and gender stereotypes. What she's talking about here, right, is when you read these articles and you read these pieces by, by, you know, not fringe groups, but normal, like mainstream, even companies when they're talking about women, what do they say? They call them pregnant people, right? Menstruators, bodies with vaginas, things like that. And, And the author here, Pam Paul, she writes this in here. She says that women a previously a commonly understood term for half the world's population, give or take, right? The word had specific meaning tied to genetics, biology, history, politics, and culture. Bingo. And this is precisely, right? This is pushback and you're getting it internally. You're getting it from inside the feminist movement, from people that (laughs) they're going, well, wait a minute. And and she goes on to write write this in in part. I'm going to paraphrase it. Wait wait a minute. You know, we're all for helping you you guys out. We we don't mean any disrespect to trans people. But trans women are not women women is what she's saying in here, right? She's saying essentially that we as women women have a unique and particular experience in a history, political history, sociological history, uh, shared experience. These are things that you can't just opt in at at some point in time later in life. And the blowback to this, friends, has been absolutely unreal. By the way, they have a term for people like this Pam Paul character, you know, and by they, I mean the, the activists. They call them TERFs. Have you heard this? A TERF? What's a TERF? And it's not a bad word. Hold on. Well, it is a bad word. You don't want to be called a TERF. Okay, a TERF is a trans-exclusionary radical feminist. Trans-exclusionary radical feminist. TERF. And a TERF, uh, according to one definition, has come to denote any woman, feminist or not, who persists in believing that while transgender women should be free to leave their lives, live their lives with dignity and respect, they are not identical to those who are born female and who have lived their entire lives as such. And, and, and this, you see this, right? Martina Navratilova, the Czech tennis player, broke really a, a major barrier in sport, open lesbian back when it was not cool. And a tremendous lady, a tremendous champion, obviously speaking out about uh, trans women in sports, she's getting a, called a turf. J.K. Rowling, another, another woman who is definitely left of center, okay? Uh, she speaks out about this. She gets called a turf. And so what you have is even women who have been liberal for most of their lives, who have been liberal icons even, are getting abused and denigrated by this militant movement that seeks to reduce womanhood and what it is to right to just 
of sort of a basket of Mr. Potato Head parts. I would say Mrs. Potato Head, I guess, is more accurate. And this, the fact, friends, that this is being written about in the New York Times, that is being put in an op-ed column, I understand it's a opinion piece, right? I get that. But the fact that the New York Times gave it the time of day, this is going to be, this is an undercurrent story of the week. We are going to be talking about this extensively. You're going to hear about it sooner or later, trust me. And this lady's already being labeled a hate monger, all sorts of things. And, 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 and I'm, I'm acknowledging to this that the first part of her article is absolutely stupid. Uh, but the second part of her article where she's getting into this, uh, this, 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 this um, effort to really redefine womanhood and to erase, essentially erase all the gains that were made by feminists, because we, we got to the point, right, where we acknowledged that you don't have to be, you know, play with pink dolls to be, be a girl. You're a girl and you can play with whatever you want to play with. You can play G.I. Joe too. We got to that point. We did that as, as a society. And then what happened, all of a sudden, we're being told, no. No, if you're a girl and you're playing with G.I. Joe, it means you're probably a guy. And we, we reduced ourselves. We went back. We regraded ourselves back to a place where suddenly gender stereotypes matter. And we've got to end this. It's absolute insanity. By the way, somebody told me, if you attack one of us, you attack all of us, right? Where it's LGBTQIA, Sam. It's whatever it is. The T, if you go after the T, it's a problem. Well, I'm not going after anybody here. I'm just trying to talk some common sense. That's all this is. All right, we'll see you guys tomorrow. Looking forward to it. Have a wonderful day. See you tomorrow, Wednesday. Sam Rajovsky here, over and out.